Hey everybody, welcome to episode 98 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Type Ben. BT, how are you doing today? Hello, doing very well. Heat's back. It sucked, but the, the heat—the the world we live in now. So, yeah, yep, you're right. The heat is back, and so is Miltonio Banderas. Milton is joining us today. How are you doing, Milton? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, melting, but all good. What's the weather like on the continent? It's it's crazy. I mean, we we went in the sea the other day. It was like being in a warm bath. Was it the English Channel? Absolutely tropical, unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, Iron Man. I haven't swam. I, haven't, I don't think I've ever swum in the sea in England or near England like you are. Ever? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, maybe as a kid, like my parents might have tried to throw me away, but I, I clearly floated back. Um, Greece. I think. I think I swam in the sea briefly in Greece, but otherwise, I. I I'm a bit. I don't like the idea of it. Like uh, next beach had down in Bournemouth, we'll um we'll do that. We'll do the um, <laughs> award ceremony in the sea. <laughs> in the sea, dude. If it's if it's warm like this, then yeah. Although beachhead yeah, is be all right, in, in February, <laughs> yeah. not not ideal. It did make me think earlier though. Uh, do you remember when we used to do the bonehead bowl in August? Oh God, yeah, that was awful. Were what a top of enjoyment without aircon. Yeah, we well oh, yeah. yeah, that was that was horrendous. <laughs> Everyone was just crowded under the one. Air, air conditioning, Ben, wasn't it? It's because the 40k guys had like the air con part of the the, the tournament space. Uh, it was just it was just horrific. Yeah, that was the year where we had like floods, wind, and and sweltering it heat. Is, yeah, it worked. It was yeah. yeah. <laughs> we haven't had snow yet. I'm looking forward to that version. Um, but anyway, <laughs> BT episode 98. What are we going to be talking about today? Uh, we're going to be doing the South Coast Autumn Preview. Uh, we'll be talking about some tournament gimmicks and differences and also the usual. That's right. We've got our events well, coming up pretty soon. 71 days, 12 hours to go at the point of recording. Um, and it kind of brought to mind how many different tournaments there are out there. And the fact that I think we talked about it the other, a couple of podcasts ago, like actually each tournament's got its own thing right and every league has kind of got its own thing so we're going to talk through what some of the tournaments things can be what you want to look out for what you might enjoy um because it's actually it's it's great how individual everything is in blood bowl but it can also be quite fractured um some mm-hmm. of it's good some of it is less good i guess <laughs> anyway uh let's hit blood bowl news Okay, so Blood Bowl news time, and we're going to start off the same way we start off every single time, in theory, and just want to say thank you to everybody out there who likes the show, follows us on YouTube or wherever, and uh, expressly those people who support us on Patreon. It means that we can get hold of new releases and do cool videos and stuff like that, so really appreciate it. we got some new patrons to say hello to this week. We've got Steve, 
with that many E's. We've got Matt, Sean Fleming, Bradley Baker, John Wood, Glenn Reed, uh, Jack Waller, Adam Wilcox, Tom Rolfe, Le Filth, Nicholas Dunlop, Tim, Justin McDonald, NHAP1, uh, and a whole bunch of others. So a massive thank you to everybody who supports us that way. And just want to pop another thing. Ben and Milton have been jazzing up a treat, the Discord. Uh, so I will remember to put a link to our Discord in the show notes this time around uh, because, I mean, what have you done to it, Ben? Oh, I just categorize things, change the font. It looks a bit nicer. Um, we've um, jigged the roles around. I think, I think we, we, we're looking to add a few more things, um, maybe some custom roles. Um, we're definitely in the process of adding emotes, so soon we'll have some sick ass peepos and things like that um, <laughs> probably not but um we'll uh <laughs> we'll be adding custom emotes and things like that so um yeah it's a it's a it's a cool place to hang out now so into yeah definitely if you're not very, there very already, active as well come join the conversation uh, wicked okay cool right obligatory plugs for the, the socials all done uh right we've got some tournaments to talk about and we're going to be running them so it makes a lot of sense now We've got um, South Coast Autumn coming up on the 23rd of October. Is it 23rd and 24th or 22nd and 23rd? I think it's 22nd, and 23rd, isn't it? 22nd yeah. and 23rd of October. Saturday, seven, uh, Saturday is 11s and Sunday is 7s. We're going to talk about the tournament in detail um, a little bit later on, but 71 days to go. I think about half the tickets are sold now. The dice are here which is cool. We've got a whole bunch of prizes already as well. Some from Grebo, we've got some from Fanath too. So that's just standard for what we do now. Milton has been prepping like a madman, uh, which I think we'll touch on probably a hobby. And we've been experimenting with filming games to potentially do some live streaming. So actually, I'm, 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 I'm hoping this is going to be our best one yet. Um, but like I said, we'll talk about that one in a minute. And if you can't make it all the way to Southampton, for that one, then actually, I have to use a different mouse because I've done this silly. Uh, we've got Bonehead Bowl in 106 days down at Entoyment in Pool. Now, this is going to be mixed teams and Dungeon Bowl teams and regular teams with regular Blood Bowl. So three rounds of 11's Blood Bowl with a outrageous amount of teams possible. So if you want to run your College of Heavens or College of Metal or College of Shadows on the or College of Beasts, actually... Uh, there's a ton of it. You can run that. You can do a mixed team. It's just going to be three games of absolute carnage at Entoyment. And Entoyment is just an absolutely awesome place to go. So we've got three Blood Bowl tournaments coming up. One 11s regular, one sevens regular, and one mixed team madness 11s. Uh, basically to round out the rest of the year. So if you can make it, come and play because it will be um, some awesome Blood Bowl stuff. And... What we're going to do is we're going to hit on a couple of Kickstarters and then we are going to check in on Amazon News because that is going to be the, it's kind of over our heads at the moment. Anyway, the first Kickstarter we're going to check in is the Thick Skull Fantasy Football Carry Cases from Charlie Victor. Now, we talked about this on the pod last week, I think. Yep. And we've done the video and the video has been released now. There is a big update, actually, which is that the XL version. Now, this is a massive carrying case. So you can basically fit two teams in with pitches and all this stuff. The XL version is now getting uh, the same kind of pocket layout for the top um, as an option instead of the big hole in the top. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you look at the Kickstarter, actually, it, it does. There's two different tops between the L and the XL, 
and the XL has like an extra gap where you can chuck all dungeon bolt tiles and things like that. Well, uh, Charlie Victor's now had a little option to swap that basically with the um, the extra book space and counter space and things that they've got for the L version. Um, now we've got both. I took the I took the which version did I take? I took the L version down to club on Tuesday, Ben. I don't I don't think I actually showed you, did I? No, no. I don't think I had a look. Yeah, no. It, it's awesome. Like it's perfect. Now I've got two teams in there. Uh, my regular pitch, my sevens pitch, and the rule book with a pocket full of dice and all the bonehead tokens we've got. So it's it's awesome. It is really useful. Like it's just grab and you are good to go. Um price wise, they are expensive. So sixty-nine pounds for fixed skull large and seventy-nine pounds for fixed skull extra large. But if you don't have anything to carry your blood ball teams in if you've got just like random boxes and tissue paper which we it, all do which we all do uh it is potentially time to invest like actually having all things in one place is is even more useful than i expected it to be so i know it sounds like i'm shilling but actually like i thought well 80 quid is quite a lot but it's a one-off expenditure you can store two whole teams in there and your pitches and your books so it's 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 going to keep me way, way more organized. And like I immediately when I opened these, I was like, I'm actually going to use these. Like just straight up going to use these. And it's, so, it's such a nice case. Like it makes my laptop case look like meat now. It's absolute garbage. <laughs> Everything from Charlie's great quality though. Like, I, you know, this this Kickstarter, I would back on the premise of the fact that everything that I've had from Charlie Victor has just been absolutely superb. Yeah, yeah. Unnecessarily good blood bubbling, I think, is the is the tagline that I have given them. <laughs> I think I think they need to <laughs> I don't I, know if they'll take I think they need to rebrand because it is unnecessarily good. Um <laughs> You definitely don't need it. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's accurate. Um there's still yeah. there's still six days to go. So if you are not one of the nearly five hundred people that have backed it, uh it's open until Thursday, August eighteenth. Maybe can't quite see that. It is the 18. Good. Um, so yes, we've got the Charlie Victor one. Just wanted to check in on that because there's an update to the case top. And then oh, wrong keyboard again. Uh, Mud and Blood Fantasy Football Pitches. This one's got 10 days to go and it is for STL Blood Bowl Pitches. And I've got some files that I've tried to print off. So uh, there'll be a video coming for this one uh, over the weekend probably because it's really cool it's really good value and um the, the the guy who's doing it is just doing it for the love of it so uh it straight up the kickstarter is currently funded 10 pitches a stadium two dugouts and score trackers and just he's just hooning through stretch goals uh, and it's 15 pounds it's 15 pounds insane for how much you get in this everything it is everything isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah it is everything it's absolutely amazing um i guess one thing to point out is that currently the squares are basically like the slabs of pitch are five squares by five squares which is for huge um like i had to cut it into quarters to print on the mars 2 pro but it's this this is really cleverly designed it's been designed to be printed on a plastic printer but printed vertically so like the slide there's the in each bit is supposed to be printed like on its side um because there's a one mil height difference in like the way that the plastic printers go up 
and the nozzle mm-hmm. spread is normally like point, uh, 0.4 mil. So actually, it's a sneaky way of getting more detail in there. Um, I'm not sure if Trips managed to get uh, a test print on the go with the plastic one. I know he was a bit concerned about printing something that tall on a plastic printer and having it fail. Yeah, I remember I tried doing some um, some orc like walls, and I had like sixteen of them like all upright, and it got to like seventy five percent the way through, and then they all failed, and that was like sixteen seventeen hours of printing. That was just oh like oh my god, oh, it was really painful because like it was all just like because I wasn't not monitoring it, it all just spaghettied everywhere, and it just they just ruined everything, and I was just like ah, oh, it's so I can see where you tend to. That is um, that is bad if, beats. Yeah, I think if you um you know support like as in support the base um well enough, I think it should be all right. Um, I it's interesting. I printed out the dungeon for our MG picks, and those are those tile. Those were all two by two tiles, and it it felt like it took ages. It's funny. I, I one print which was like I don't know four hours or something with the resin printer, um. And printed out what I feel like is a, a big slab of Blood Bowl coverage. Now, I think, you know, five squares, I mean, a Blood Bowl pitch is a pretty long thing, right? So it's mm-hmm. still going to take a load of printing. But, man, just like the dream of printing out a pitch in no time at all. But we've got sevens pitches and elevens pitches in this. Milton, have you had a chance to look at this Kickstarter yet? Yeah. Um, I think, like, initially I was a bit like... Oh no, I don't know. And then I saw the uh, the Glyphstone Desert Sand Pitch, which is the like Egyptian one, and I was like, oh okay, no, that's cool. And then I started looking into more detail, and I was like, wow, this is incredible for fifteen quid. This is so much stuff. I, 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 um, this is, and I think the fifteen quid is the it's like a what's the merchandiser thing? Okay, yeah, so you can sell it. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is phenomenal because the the the, the chap who's, who's built this just wants people to have access to pitches which which is awesome i mean uh does it give you merchandise things just i don't want to say that oh yeah it might not i mean do read it but yeah. i'm sure i read yeah. it somewhere because uh, i remember thinking are you serious like, this is oh, crazy. free commercial license so, that's yeah, it there you go yeah yeah, I remember, yeah exactly wow. right so let's talk about what they've got because milton has pointed out that there's multiple pitches here the one that actually piqued my interest is the painted example they've got which is the flagstone sevens pitch first of all it was a sevens pitch so i was like "Ooh!" then it got me thinking about oh this could be street bowl that's wicked like i made a custom like sewer sevens pitch and it, it was really cool but this is the bloodstone quarry pitch and seven aside then there's the muddy meadows now 3d printing grass i don't think really works very well i think um like if you've ever printed like a I don't know, Ben, um, doing some like custom bases and stuff. If they've got grass mm-hmm. on them, I feel like they come out a bit. It's like, have you ever, have either of you guys ever used the Amera plastics? Um, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's vac formed and it's yeah. just, it's just because it's plastic, it's just a bit shiny. Um, but being able to paint it up and add your, your um, static grass, good as gold. There's a flipping yeah. stadium in it, which is also like the stadium files are massive as well. They've got dungeon dugouts, they've got scoreboards, and then there's Lomi uh, Glades, which really looks like the Wood Elf pitch from Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Uh, yeah. Uh, which always makes me think Milton, about the time we went to um, Entoyment and did the unboxing there that day. Yeah, that was good fun, wasn't it? That was really good fun back when you were in England. That was, it was good. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you've got the Glyphstone Desert, which... 
well, I'm you not, know what? It's kind well, of like what chocolate. really struck me with this one was the fact that the center orbit is raised like oh, a little pyramid. It's cool, isn't it? And I thought that was cool because it doesn't really obstruct gameplay in any way, shape, or form because the tiles are the same size. But you get that sort of three-dimensional thing without getting in the way. And something I will say about this particular set of pitches, because there's a couple of other places that you can get uh, STLs for pitches from, and they're amazing, but they're so detailed, as in, like, there's too much going on. There's so many layers, like, on the tile that I imagine that when you, well, I have, because I've test printed one of them, that when you try and put the minis on them, it, you know, they're kind of a bit, they don't sit flat. Whereas this has that, like, detail, but you can see that it's sort of, like, designed can, in a yeah. way where you can put the players flat on it. And mm -hmm. I really like that. Kraken Studios pitches look absolutely gorgeous, but they are, there's just too much stuff on them that you, I don't, like, on some of the tiles. Like, they've got some cool yeah. tiles where there's, like, tentacles coming out of the pitch. And you're like, oh, this is amazing. I can't actually play Blood Bowl on it. Um, yeah, a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, I think the, the one you pointed out, wasn't it? The uh, the one that's painted, that looks fantastic for that. Mm. You know, like you've got that detail there, but it's like flat enough that you can put all the minis on it. Yeah. Um, I like the glyph thing because you do have that ziggurat in the middle. Like, I love the idea of lining up the line of scrimmage, like on the top of a, an Aztec temple, although this mm. is very much um, Egyptian. And I got told off in the comments for a video the other week because <laughs> uh, the Aztec team, I said, had a. Uh, Oh, what's what's similar oh, to Aztecs? No, no, no. What's what's similar oh. to Aztecs, but but isn't Aztecs at all? Incan, Mayan. Yeah, yeah, Incan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, check your history, Ben. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I think I saw that. Yeah, I did apologize. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was wrong there. Um, but anyway, cool. I like the three D element to it. The brimstone flats lava pitch would be a wicked little fun project to paint up. Um, no, Ben, I'm getting crazy ideas. I love this. Oh, thing. Have you got a beach theme one for beach ball, which is like for sharks. That's what it's for. Ah, for the sharks. <laughs> no, yeah, Prince That's a new one idea. Beach ball for be Well, maybe. Um, right, that is on the go at the moment. It's got ten days left. So when this podcast comes out, uh, Friday for the Patreons and Saturday for everybody else, you have plenty of time, a good week to actually just go over and. Put fifteen pounds into something that's really cool um, that you will probably maybe use at some point. That's kind of how STL buying works, right? Yeah, it's it's buying the dream. You are buying the op. You're buying the opportunity yeah. to do something in the future. Um, and the cool thing is that there's just so much to choose from. Like actually building the dungeon for 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 the last for the final of of our dungeon ball series was just such an awesome thing although i did check how much resin i used and i was like oh i ordered like four tubs of resin that month uh, most of it probably went on the pitch um so you know 120 quid but if someone was like hey would you like a 3d printed dungeon ball kit for 120 quid i'd probably say yeah that's that's fine or i would have done Isn't back in the day maybe not so much now um right so that's it i that i found from kickstarters and bits and bobs that's going on um guys when are we gonna have more amazon news i think it's not gotta be until this after elves <laughs> <laughs> well they've just yeah. they've, they've just teased the amazon team milton but they're actually going to release high elves first yeah uh, could you imagine could you imagine the upset 
Well, we're, we're like, I think I saw someone comment about it. Like, you know, we're still expecting another star player, right? You know, same as what the Norse treatment got. Yeah, but they didn't. They they showed the third star player in the um, Sunday pre-order segment, as we we didn't know who the third Norse star player was going to be, and then they dropped Scrog. And it was just in the next Saturday you can pre-order this, including star player Scrog Snowpelt. I was like, ooh, they, they've skipped this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been like three weeks, I think, without any Blood Bowl, without any Amazon news, which mm-hmm. if you look at the cadence of their last releases, like Norse was like, boom, Norse are coming out. And then three weeks later, you were somewhere in the two weeks of almost buying them. You know, the Games Workshop window. I love that each Saturday morning, you're just like, we always get the message from Ben, which is just like, oh, um, Amazon this weekend, right, guys? Yeah. It'll be Sunday. It'll be Sunday. It'll be on Everyone's Sunday. so optimistic as well. <laughs> oh, I thought I had the timeline like all lined out. I was like, right, it's going to be this weekend. We're going to have a... I got super excited because I was like, right, we're going to have a star player video tomorrow on the 25th and that means that on the sunday we're going to see the pre-order and on the monday we got the star player bit and then nothing happened yep. for like two weeks and then we got the, the the frog lady or whatever and then nothing happened and then nothing's happened so we've just in this really weird place where they hand after the frog lady oh maybe they were like oh people don't oh, that's a terrible idea <laughs> like it's not unusual, though, is it? Like, this isn't the first time that Games Workshop have, like, <laughs> no, it's not. teased us with some Blood Bowl stuff and then just decided to leave it for eight months. Is that the Tree Man? Tree Man. Might, might be the longest. Um, yeah. But this is the longest they've gone with, like... Because I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel like some of the buzz is kind of... I, well, I I've, think they're leaving it too long these days. I've sort of stepped out of it, but I think that they've got a lot of other releases going on at the moment is that right i do not care uh yeah <laughs> middle earth has had a bit of a resurgence probably because they're trying to get that in before rings of power um I, but i don't know if that's actually out or whether they've just previewed it they they that's all preview stuff i don't think they've they, re- released anything for ages i think they did the massive heresy release then i was gonna say they did the massive war cry four-year pre-order window I thought they were still on the Horus Heresy horse. They kind of are. They're still. Uh, it's it's apparently <laughs> now one of their. Um, it's one of their core games now. Horus Heresy yeah. joined AOS and. Uh, it's on the AOS. top of the website. I yeah, a core I, game, doesn't it? I love that. They're like, right, we've got three core games now, guys. We've got Age of Sigma. We've got Warhammer Forty Thousand, and we've got Warhammer Almost Forty Thousand. Uh, it's, like, it's it's it is a very different game though, isn't it? Like Heresy to 40k. Uh, it's not yeah. very different to 40k 7th edition. Oh, I was how say, can we sell more Space Marines? Yeah, yeah. How can yeah. we sell Space Marines with slightly smaller heads? I think is the angle that they've taken for the Horus Heresy. Um, I am loving the amount of stuff that's out there on cults for Her- Horus Heresy now, though. For now, well, oh, that's, that's that's news, isn't it? That is news. Yeah. A cheeky little segue, Ben. What's been happening in the world of mostly legal STLs? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't dived into it too much. I haven't seen um, a lot of it firsthand, um, but I have heard in the three D printing communities that uh, Games Workshop are kind of cracking down pretty hard on cults. Um, cults would be, I would say, by 
quite the way, the best place to acquire not space marines or, you know, space soldiers in heavy armor, um, gen- energy-generated armor. Um, yeah, Galactic uh, Crusaders. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it had the best names. Um, yeah, the, the librarians always had really funny names. But yeah, it was... Um, yeah, I, I've, I've heard that the, the legal team's kind of going for them. So, yeah, I don't know why it's like all of a sudden. I think a lot of heresy stuff, especially, was available on cults because the support of heresy was obviously lacking for quite some time, kind of like we see in Blood Bowl and third-party teams. Yeah, dude, tanks um, were everywhere, uh, which was yeah. sweet when we were looking at um, doing the um, AT-scaled heresy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Give us a case of what type of Phobos tank would you like? Because they were all there. Uh, well, they're not yeah. anymore, which I think is appropriate because that's kind of how 40k works, isn't it? Like just as a as like a setting, it's a case of abundance and then miserable like crusade. It, this is a crusade. Yeah. This is just straight up a, a, a xenophobic <laughs> like um, exactly. um, Games Workshop crusade. And I don't know, it kind of feels dystopian and cyberpunk to the point where I'm actually quite enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's thematic it just yeah it just feels right um but okay right i know we're going to take a little bit of a of a well, yeah i'm in a war machine oh i want to talk about war machine and milton i've got you on and i really I, I, it's especially the thing so private press do a game for war machine war machine is i think was probably games workshop's biggest competitor from like a miniatures army game thing historically right uh private press did a whole bunch of like metal models and it was probably the the last of its kind there that wasn't just a simon kind of style big box unit game this was a game where you had blisters and you could pick stuff and it's been through multiple iterations and then since private press did mark three like they the game kind of just got releases for everything and then they moved on to look at other stuff they did their sci-fi game they did a whole bunch of like individual games uh, and also monster apocalypse which i've always wanted to play but it's actually really expensive now they've released they did a big news release just before gen con saying we're doing mark 4 um and it's going to be entirely 3d printed by us as a company which is really interesting and also that they're basically doing the magic the gathering rotation thing where they're just saying like all that all your stuff will be playable in the legacy version i can't remember what they call it but like basically like there's a legacy version where there's like within the new rule set you're gonna have all the rules for all your old crap but your new stuff can only be used in the new standard thing and what they're going to do is they're just going to release new stuff for each faction because they got to the point where they had too many models for each of the ranges stores couldn't stock them and it was just unprofitable so they're kind of having a bit of a hard reset without blowing up the world which i think is really really interesting but the reason i want to bring this up is that 3d printed thing there's there's so much like salt about this and we've got experience of this in the blood bowl world right because Grebo have been doing their Grebo night and it's been really good really well done and then i was mega surprised when the fanath snake turned up and it had blooming supports 
I was like, this is a, they're just 3D. Oh, still attached. Yeah, had, had, had the divots, you know, had the divots. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is 3D printed. This is really interesting. So before we talk about the 3D printing bit, Milton, you you dabbled in War Machine back in the, the golden age, right? Yeah, no, I, it caught my attention because, like I, I think I said to you before, I kind of have a, a love-hate relationship with the aesthetic of the setting. But there are, there's like a range of miniatures in there, which I think are amazing. And I picked up a couple and um, in an attempt to play some games with a friend, which sadly didn't go very far. But they're great, great minis. Like, I mean, really nice quality minis. Um, you know, they were quite fun to paint. Um it's a it is a cool fun aesthetic and i think i'm drawn to it now more than ever because like blood bowl's kind of gone the way of everybody's a little bit more bulbous things are a little bit more exaggerated and it's it's becoming like a, a fun thing and war machines actually kind of like that like everything looks like it's from a comic basically mm -hmm. which it's not like a you know not like garfield but you know like an actual marvel comic or something where it's just like it just it's just got this really cool steampunk winter aesthetic to it and i'd never really had anything to do with the game until we hosted bonehead bowl and um oh who was it who was it i think it was, was i think it was one of the chris's came with that ogre mix team where all the ogres were war machine oh, yeah. jacks uh yeah. goblins gods great gizmos or something was the team's name was that not richard oh yeah richard it was richard <clears throat> yeah i played him yeah With my orbs yeah it was good fun and i remember seeing the models and being like oh dude there's just there's so many cool models in that range um but the rule set always i've always found really interesting like because i used to listen to a podcast podcast called uh, the d6 generation where they talked about all kinds of gaming stuff and they talked through the iron kingdoms rpg and how it was based on like the, the standard rule set of like a 2d6 engine but you could boost it and add a third dice and it was like and i was like oh i like that that sounds like a really fun system so I got really excited when they said they were going to be re-releasing Mark IV. I was like, oh, wow, this could be like, I could, I could see myself playing that. Um, but the, it's gone down like um, a lead balloon with the community in a lot of ways, because there's a lot of people who are like, ah, oh, you're ending my game. Uh, you're taking it away from us. You're changing things. And why I want to talk about this is there's, there's a lot of hate about 3D printed manufacturing. That's really odd to me. Yeah, that's so bizarre because, I mean, what do people think? Like, uh, in my head, it's always been that manufacturing is going that way. I mean, it's practical, right, isn't it? Because the, the, well, not only is it slightly better for the environment rather than stacking shelves full of plastic that might never get sold, you yeah. print a demand and, and therefore it's better. And, and not everyone's got, like, the means to justify a 3D printer or necessarily wants one because there is a, a lot of work associated in it, as you both well know, <laughs> um, in order to get it, you know, get the supports right, get a clean print, get it off, get the supports removed, get it cured. You know, there's, yeah. there's a whole bunch of work associated with that. There's a cost associated with that. And, you know, as a consumer, sometimes you just want to go and buy something off the shelf. You've got it there. You can just run with it, right? To this and day, so, I would rather just buy something than print it, like well, yeah. straight, straight up. Um, and yep. so why why complain about, like, 3D printing manufacturing? If at the end of the day, the product you get is the quality you expect and, you know, does, does it matter how it was made? Yeah, I mean, as long as they're not like, you know, employing slaves. 
then I don't really see if there's like, you know. Well, it is made in America and their labor market is not. And that is true. We are all un- we all this, this is something that's been pointed out a few times actually recently with the Games Workshop stuff. It looks like Games Workshop are doing their preview molds 3D printed now because in a lot of the previews you can see the layer lines, you can see where the supports were, yeah. and whether or not they they're only doing it for the previews or whether they're using it for the master mold or, well, that or makes whether they're, sense. they're like, definitely that's doing 3D printing. Ra- that's rapid prototyping. That's what this is, right? So when yeah, I when 100%. I talk when I talk to people at work about stuff, they're like you know well, what's this about and i'm like uh rapid prototyping they're like oh okay that's interesting i'm like yes because if i try and explain to you that i'm 3d printing board games you'll either have more questions which will be aggravating or you'll have no questions which will be aggravating if i just say rapid prototyping they're like oh that sounds fancy and i'm like it is um <laughs> corporate 101 <laughs> yeah right tick box move on um but like with the games workshop stuff if they've got the stls when they're gonna have the stls if you know, you, you print it off and then you don't have to wait to get the master done and then molded and you can just print it off and paint it up and you're good to go. Like, that's that's awesome. I mean, I can't think that a 3D printed miniature from Privateer Press is going to be any worse than a fine cast model that came from Games Workshop. It'll be a million because times better. That stuff was atrocious. And yet I'm sure people spent like quite significant amount of money on it. And so like, you know, you're you're almost guaranteed like a better quality from the 3D print because they're gonna have like quality control around it. And well, I know that you showed me some <clears throat> info the other day around how some people at Gen Con weren't quite so happy with that process, but it's a learning process for sure for them absolutely. as well. This was their early release batch. They were like, oh, we're going to get some out so that we can have it at Gen Con so we can show off and build up the hype, which I don't think went as well as they were expecting. But having pre- having printed stuff, right, and having printed stuff to order, it's not something I would recommend. But I, I'm with you, Milton. I think one of the, the most interesting things about this in the industry, not just 3D printing at home, in the industry, is that um, the accessibility level, I think, is because it is so accessible to print, in theory, that it's like, well, I could just do that. But also that thing about quality, because if you cast with resin or metal, or plastic, well, if resin or metal, metal you're going to get mold lines and you're going to get the air vent strips, right? If you do plastic development, it's a huge amount of money, which is completely inaccessible, and you are going to have mold lines and they're not called supports, are they? What, what's it called for plastic kits? Oh, like oh, sprue Sprue, nubs. that's it. Sprue yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, sprue knobs um, are going to be uh, a problem. And then you've got 3D printing, where they're generally speaking, as long as you've supported it right, the only problem you can have is with ringing, right? Yeah. With layer lines. Now, where we've seen this in the Blood Bowl market, there are a couple of examples out there of some of the companies who started off doing this, where some of their models do have some of the ringing. And it's like, ooh, you can see the layer lines on this one. I'm like, yes. But can you see the flash? Can you see the mold lines that's going through this guy's face? Can you see the gap between the Dark Elf player's top of his helmet and the bottom left half of his face? Like, and I think we we forget that um, as as a 
you know something may not be perfect but i don't think there is such a thing as perfect miniature manufacturing like the plastic kits are great but once you've built them they're not because you've built your rhino and it is slightly wonky and you've used plastic glue and it's too late for you to fix it you've built the dragon and you didn't file down that extra nubbin knob that went into the other tricky hole and now there's a slight gap and you've even got to sit there for a day with green stuff around the edges where you just prime it twice and hope no one notices well, same is true of, of of rings, right, Ben? Yeah, I, I I think sometimes the rings can be pretty egregious, though. From a painting perspective, I think rings often are more hassle than mold lines, because mold lines can be shaved smooth a lot easier than 3D printing lines can. Because mm -hmm. recently I've been working on Punga models, which are resin cast, and they're very, very clean and really nice. And then the other day I picked up, I picked out of a box some of my Grebo dwarves because I'm um, teaching a friend with them soon. And I just, when I had them side by side, I was like, actually, you can really see the 3D printing lines on this. Yeah. And when you had them like comparatively, I was thinking just like, do much prefer the resin cast. I just have to say on the Grebo front that their dwarves were their. Um... <laughs> were their version one of the process yeah, they're at they're at they're at version two now and i cannot confirm that we've seen any of the version three product but if if there was a version three version coming i imagine that it would be the charlie victor of miniature manufacturing so okay yeah, don't don't give okay. up on grebo um cool. their dwarves and chaos dwarves had a couple of ring lines on them absolutely but the second generation stuff they've got now really doesn't. And I imagine that if a third version was ever going to be released, that it would be even better. Um, and I tell you what, like Milton, I've printed a, like a team for you with my Mars 2 Pro. And there's this hardly like many bits of rings and stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll be very open and honest. I am absolutely garbage at, at support removal. So sorry about that. But like, the actual quality of the models I've printed at home, like, oh no, absolutely I, superb! I don't, I don't. Like the quality, the quality of that team was just phenomenal. I was like so taken back by it, and and, and the shark he did for me too, <laughs> absolutely amazing. And actually, that you know, you know, to add to what you're just saying, like the technology, you know, we're starting to see like uh, home use 8K printers now. Dude, Sand 2. Sand 2 is going on the buy list. Yeah, it looks amazing, right? And and so that as that technology evolves, the quality is only going to get better, right? You're going to see a lot less rings. Um, you're going to get a lot better. And also as people's understanding of how supports work and that kind of, as you say, that rapid prototyping process gets refined, there's always going to be somebody coming up with some new tech, quicker, better, more reliable. Yeah. And I can imagine in sort of like five years' time that this will just be completely the norm in terms of manufacturing. Because there's the, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason not to. There's every advantage towards doing it if you can produce a quality product. But yeah, I agree with you, Ben. Like if you do get like the, uh, the Punga resin miniatures, they are absolutely phenomenal in terms of their quality. Um, but I reckon we can definitely get there with the, the, 3D, the 3D printing. I think, definitely. you know, the tech's going to gonna get there in a few years the sand 2 is only 550 dollars <laughs> only <laughs> well you know you think well they, actually it, it was a 
if you okay so i am one of the people out there that's actually put their money where their mouth is and had a model made had it sculpted had molds produced and had like metal casts made and that one one key bonehead model that we made cost nearly 500 pounds to produce and have like 50 of them made wow um yeah it was a great way to lose money um and then the elegu saturn 2 is 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 550 dollars which is less than that now that doesn't incorporate sculpting time and all that kind of stuff but from a from a miniature manufacturing point from a company point of view if you want to sculpt get someone to sculpt you a blood bowl team and produce 50 models of them that's going to cost you i don't know let's say you've got 11 players it's going to cost you five grand right that's that's prohibitive unless you go kickstarter wise you know to get it digitally sculpted and then not worry about the manufacturing part and then you can take care of it with an investment of a thousand pounds at home that you can keep doing like that makes it really really accessible and i'm i'm really liking the kind of market that we've got at the moment where there's this kind of like mainstream production then you've got like really good third party kind of like tier two manufacturers and now we're seeing stls being just brewed up brute fun uh ugni you know there's a bunch of great dudes out there who are just brewing up teams releasing them as stls with no overhead except their initial time input and then there are third like tier three um printers for etsy or printedplayers.co.uk who are just like you know what i've got a printer I can do some work printing these teams out and and it's it's a really interesting thing and i think the gap in the market is having those printed stuff accessible in a store like in like in toyman yeah i, I want to press i guess like, <laughs> and, and no. that that yeah this is really interesting because now it's going down to okay privateer press who were a tier one manufacturer in that they produced their own models with their own boxes they had plastic stuff they had you know, and then they had a distribution network um, where you'd get it in brick and mortar stores are now going to the point where they are making their own stuff and then they're distributing it. But they're making and distributing it. Uh, what is what you're talking about is effectively a situation where you'd have a store like in Toyment, they would have a 3D printer and they would buy the license from Privateer Press in order to create their product and sell their product. Yeah, or... Um, or some of the third-party bandits supply the stores. So imagine a network of 3D printers, 3D printers creating a distribution network uh, for something like that, for something like Blood Bowl Teams. Yeah. Um, it would just be awesome because actually having like one place to go to get a 3D printed Blood Bowl Team would be really good. And I'm trying really hard not to be like, oh, 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 guys, let's print, let's buy like a few Elegoo Satin 2s and do this uh, because my shed is already a massive fire hazard. Although I did get my replacement part for my Elegoo Mars 1 today in the post that I requested six months ago. Nice. Yeah, so I'll have, I'll have, we'll have two printers on the go. Anyway. You are right, though. It's, it's no real different to, you know, stuff being sent to a factory in Beijing instead of, you know, Dave from Crawley. Like, you're basically just, like, 
It's two different things, really. It's like the same thing, just a lot closer and more convenient. So I don't but, really see. As long as your QA is good, your quality assurance is good, and um, I think it just, I think it's, it's really, I don't know. We could see a bit of a bit of a shift here that was predicted ages ago. Um, but quite frankly, I, I love the idea of Mark IV being produced by the company. I don't really care if they 3D print it as long as the quality is good. Like, doesn't really matter to me. It is better to have it in plastic because plastic is more forgiving, but plastic has a huge overhead. So I'll take really good resin, whether it's cast like um, Punga or some of the FANAF teams, uh, or whether it's really well 3D printed like the newer Grebo um, stuff or apparently FANAF now as well. So I don't care as long as my models are good quality and the sculpts are great and we're spoiled for that. Uh, I think this is the new golden age of of miniature wargaming like it's not as monopolized there's no monopolies well there is a monopoly isn't there there's an obvious monopoly but you know it's not quite the same way as it was in the 2000s like where a game would need a massive investment to get a big kind of buy-in we see we'll see we see we'll still see that right but i feel like it's a lot less of a, a flashpoint so i know conquest dropped and was like this big game but i feel like that was like the last big game that kind of came out yeah scene one are always you know dropping new stuff but um yeah no i think you might be right that's the last time i heard of a new kind of big system anyway i love blood bowl so how's that new stuff yeah i know let's (laughs) let's talk hobby And we're back, and it is hobby time. But in the very quick break, we did start another good discussion, and I wanted to capture it. Which, <laughs> Milton, take it away. Yeah, so um, obviously we were just talking about this standards uh, legacy kind of rotation that uh, Privateer Press are now going to apply to their War Machine model. And I was saying like how upset I would be about that because it's one of the things that really puts me off playing Magic the Gathering. I love Magic the Gathering. I think it's a fantastic game. But you kind of have to constantly buy into standard rotation in order to stay in the like the meta of what's going on. Of course, you can play the Legacy. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. The new cards are coming out, and that standard format kind of holds the game together. So it's where you most players kind of really want to be for a miniatures game where the buy-in is quite high anyway um that just seems absolutely mind-blowing to me and i was just saying to ben i was like well how would you feel if games workshop turned around and went well we've kind of made like 30 something blood bowl teams now that seems too many so how about we uh, we only do 20 and we just start cycling them out <laughs> um and i jumped in there saying that i think it's actually different i think it's worse for miniatures games and because there's that integral time like it's not so bad for magic all right the cost is definitely comparable right definitely comparable but um when it comes to like list building for like the army games and stuff like that i hate it because it's like hmm, okay i'll get a unit of 20 of these guys and i I might try them out and that unit of 20 is going to cost how many Games Workshop bucks, Ben, for a 20-man unit of something in Games Workshop? About like 73 yeah. grand now. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's that's. I mean, that's not like Power Nine territory for Magic: The Gathering, but you know, you can get your deck, or at least the the really shiny bits of your deck for seventy quid. Um, but you don't have to build the cards and paint the well. But you have to build the cards and then regret not painting the cards. Yeah. Uh, for them to be rotated out. So I think it is worse, but I really want to talk about that. What would Blood Bowl be like if there was a an expiration date on teams? Oh, I, well, interestingly, it would, it would make the meta super interesting if it was changing. As in, but it would be you'd have to like see how controlled it was. Like, if there was a percentage of like tier one, tier two, tier three teams in every rotation. Well, the thing is, in a roundabout sort of way, the teams of legend they do have an expiry date. That's true, and yeah. we're in, we're in that pre rotation period with amazons right now where you don't really want to pick up an amazon team right now guys because you don't know what it's going to look like uh, yeah ben and you don't want to like the last thing i'd want to do is pick up like half a dozen teams of legend um <laughs> <laughs> stop <laughs> because you know you can you can invest in a, in a really sweet chaos dwarf team and they might they might wreck it they might get rid of all centers yeah right they might just they might change stuff um and it's really interesting you're right actually yeah that's true i hadn't thought about it like that i will tell you one thing though i do remember about 10 years ago i walked into our friendly local game store here on the island i was talking to this chap and at the time i wasn't quite sure whether i wanted to get back into magic or warhammer and he said to me, I, I said to him, I was like, oh, yeah, I think the Warhammer's more expensive. And he looked at me and he went, no way. <laughs> he was like, magic is considerably more expensive because of this consistent buy-in. But then yeah. if you apply that to your miniatures, <laughs> it would just be so expensive. I mean, it is for a lot of people, though. Like, uh, I mean, like the, the Wargaming, like 40K, probably a lesser extent AOS, like shifting meta, like that is that is what the game is for a lot of people. They're all buy it painted up like absolute machines wish i knew how mm -hmm. and um play it until it's not good anymore and then get the next thing sell it on get the next i mean thing. if they enjoy that that's great personally yeah. i you know that, that doesn't sit well with me but like, yeah well i kind of answer, really into then i kind um, of answer my own question or my own thing turn there anyway you can sell it on miniatures hold their value a lot more yeah, than magic true. the gathering cards. oh yeah that's true like the, a lot of the yeah. magic the gathering cards aren't worth the card they're printed on are they it's a deeper yeah. investment. I actually use Magic the Gathering cards to stick Warmaster to um, to undercoat them and paint them. Um, but it, um, I was going to say now. I just I'm just aware that there are going to be some Magic the Gathering players out there now twitching. Uh, but it, that investment is 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 bigger, and the time investment is bigger. And I, I think the other thing to kind of think about is Magic the Gathering. You can go spend fifty quid, and you are playing with those cards the second that you get them. Um, yeah. And I think when it comes to the miniature side of it, you've got that extra, I can't just buy a new unit and rotate it in. I have to spend an evening putting it together. Uh, I think that does create a bigger and more emotive barrier. And we saw that like with the whole Warhammer World reset, which was it just sent out a psychic shockwave that made Alderaan look like someone sneezing. And um, 
I think it's just it's just it's just really interesting because it brings on my second question. We will talk about hobby in a minute, guys. But um, Blood Bowl has got twenty nine teams in it, and I really wanted to snick this into the podcast and get your guys' thoughts on this. But how many teams, Milton, is too many teams now? Well. More blood bowl is more better. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to coin a certain catchphrase. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's actually, yeah, that's a really interesting question because. Because we want more, right? We want more. Well, we want well, more yeah, new teams. Like, in a way, I want more, and in a way, I kind of don't. And I, the reason that I want more is there's there's more accessibility. There's more hobby for people. Like there's different teams, there's different angles for people to kind of get into the hobby. Yeah, we love Blood Bowl, and we want more people to come and play it because it's a fantastic game. And so the more range there is, the more that's like likely to invite new players. The more choice you have for yourself as to as to what you want to play. But equally. The play styles that are in Blood Bowl are quite limited. And so the more teams we're getting, the more we're kind of seeing just slight variations on They're what tropes. you've already got. Yeah. Right. We've got like lizards to black orcs. There's like, a, like a, an archetype. Yeah. Um, and so you're basically getting a flavor of what of that particular style and that's great it's effectively like having a skin isn't it <laughs> in, in a video game um, oh, you know, you, yeah. yeah you've just like you just you've got your lizard skins on you've got your orc skins on and you're your just playing that. Skin. yeah yeah exactly and um and that's fine and that's great for the hobby but like at what point do we kind of saturate that um uh, and at what point does it kind of just become well i'm basically just gonna run my lizards as orcs and the corn berserker men or whatever the next corn team would be or um you know what i mean yeah it's interesting because i i think the first point i saw this where i thought it might cause an issue was when snotlings were released and they were they were just strictly better goblins like they were cheaper they had more stuff um and they just worked better in this environment. And I really thought, oof, like this is, they kind of replaced goblins as the green, stompy, sneaky team. Um, but but it really hasn't. Goblins have got their own identity still, and they're a really fun team, and it's a really nice alt. But I, I think you're right, Milton. I think the more teams they add, the more that certain playstyles are subdivided, um, essentially. But I, I... I think it's awesome that we've got this many teams and it doesn't feel crowded. Like, no. I, I don't know how many factions there are in 40k, but it's not 30, right? It's like 15. Uh, uh, I think it might be quite close, depending on yeah, how many players in the Space like, Marines. Do you, yeah, do you, yeah, do you count the different Chaos Space Marines, the different no. Space Marine factions? No. Yeah, I don't know. It probably is. I think... Funny, isn't it? Death Watch, Grey Knights, Marines. Oh, we're not kind of counting. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the comments, just go and count it and tell us later. Yeah. But it made, but, this, not, but this whole War Machine thing made me think because they were like, "Yeah, guys, we've got too many armies. Like, it's just carnage now." And I was there looking at my blood ball, going, "Uh oh, <laughs> like, do we have a a kind of?" You know how they say the universe is going to expand and then just come back in on itself and explode and reset? I was like, well, that's exactly what's happening in War Machine. I was like, but I don't feel anywhere near that in Blood Bowl. 
but it made me consider as to whether Games Workshop are going to slow down producing teams because I kind of had just gone to my happy place of, hey, sweet, five teams to go and then all they're going to do is produce new teams. And I'm like, well, maybe they won't because actually at some point the more teams might start cannibalizing the sales for other teams. Um, but I think that, that therein lies the difference between 40k, where you build up an army, an army, an army, and Magic the Gathering, where you can top up and get regular purchases to change up the way you play. I think Blood Bowl is slap bang in the middle. I think that's why I love it so much, is because you've got your team, you know, good stuff, but actually next month, there's, you know, for £35, you've got an expansion, like a whole different way to play. And I, I think that's the sweet spot. So actually, I think even after you consider the Team of Legend reboots, right, when you go to Spider-Man 1, 2, 3 with, uh, with the Amazons, um, they've still got space for a myriad of other teams. But I think you are bang on the money, Milton, in that it's going to start cannibalizing playstyles. But I think it. I think they can do it forever with their interesting combination of players, and I, I, I just don't know, Ben, whether it's in their interest to keep buying and then introducing new teams. I mean, we've played with secret teams, which adds a whole bunch more, and that's always felt different. So I think the fact that they exist and we've been able to have a lot of really unique, interesting playstyles with them, I think we've still got a long way to go. I don't know. I think there was a few people in our league that thought we'd maybe jump the shark. <laughs> don't. <laughs> hey, as long as we don't have strength four dwarfs, I'll be I'll be happy. Uh, but but well, anyway, actually, go. Well, yeah. So no, that, that's that's kind of an interesting point, isn't it? Because you think that there's a um, Slanesh team maybe coming along. Squigs, um, squigs, squigs, squigs. And so how many other, like, I mean, as you were talking about the, the secret teams there, how many other, realistically, how many other kind of fantasy tropes in Warhammer fantasy could they do as team? Obviously, they can flesh out the chaos gods. Where else would they go? Because if you're a brand new player and you like orcs, right, do you go for the orc team? Or do you go for the backward? You've got no knowledge of the game. Which one are you going to pick up? The one that looks there's, better for you. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, areas of Warhammer which have been undiscovered on the tabletop, which they're now doing in like Total War. Like, it's talking like Cathay, Kizev, Cathay, Nippon. Nippon. Yeah. Um, but there's also teams within like just just teams. Like if if we if we think about let's keep it real close, like not in the box, but just outside the box for Games Workshop. And you think about the armies that they've got and the law, the strong law that they've got access to. They can bring back Bretonians if they want to introduce another human team. Um, and, you know, they've got a whole bunch of bits out there that are right close. I do like Slanesh, Zinch, are two. Skaven clans. Skaven clans, yeah. You've got Squigs, uh, Night Goblins. Um, and it's just like some of their stronger IP pieces. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever go back there, which is a bit of a, a shame, but um, it would be pretty sweet. But then you look a little bit further and they've talked about a Dryad team. They've talked about a Snake Man team. They've, you know, they've brought Zotes back. And actually, this is all stuff that's right 
right flipping there in the law. Then there's sea elves that is right there in the law in Eldril Sidewinder. Like it's right, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Before they even go and create something different. And they don't even need to create things that are different as they move forward. All they need to do is create booster packs for other teams to convert your team and have alternate rosters. Like, and this is this is what I think may may happen in the future is you know an alternate orc roster but actually you have to buy a 20 pound forge world kit to get access to it but i don't know what it would be you know i don't really care but actually there's there's a lot of flex within those rosters before they even need to create anything new which is just which is just awesome um and then that's that's obviously all looking at that's all top down design right um then you they, they could literally go the bottom up choice as well and be like okay what combinations of players and skill sets don't we have uh in you know for the gameplay element to it and they could actually brew up something bottom up and just put a skin over it um yeah so there's a there's 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 a ton of stuff out there but i i don't because of their release cycle like they must see a massive spike of when the spike releases, right? Everyone gets their Norse team when the Norse team's out. And then after that, it's just a menu for new players. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, and, and some collectors, I think. I think people do they would dip into new teams. You know, a league might start as often a time when someone would pick up a team. Yeah. Um, like in the league refresh. Yeah, I, th- I think, but I, I do know what you mean. People tend to, you know, Blood Bowl's been around for so long. If something new comes out, people will be like, hey, I've got everything else. I'll yeah. Get- yeah, I'll get this because this will be a cool, fun, different way to play. A yeah. new modeling challenge. Uh, yeah, actually, new leagues is a really good point. New leagues. And then, of course, tournaments. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Ben, it looks awfully like you're painting. Oh, yeah. We're just touching hobby, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was news, too. Okay, we might have to cut off the topic. Um, yeah, I am doing some hobby. I am painting Amazons because I've decided that um, picking up a team of legend is <laughs> the right thing to do. Um, oh, yeah. Pung- Punga's Kickstarter finally arrived. I think I was on the bottom of the pile because a week after I got my package, they said, everything's been delivered now. And I'm just like, oh, great. Um, it's so probably I finally got here. With the biggest order, that's why. Yeah, they probably stacked everything else online. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's been great. I've had a week of just building everything and painting everything um i've nearly finished the amazon team and there will will be a video on that which i'm holding myself accountable to which Ooh. i will try and stick to because i'm terrible at doing this because i hate editing um i'll edit it i don't mind okay then we'll edit it there'll yeah. be a video i love it um <laughs> so i've filmed the painting process and i'm, I'm going to do a team review which uh we've been kind of blessed with the amazon delay because it's given me time to do that um <laughs> and oh i think I think they're better than the Games Workshop ones by quite a degree. Um, oh, but yeah, oh, I'm around to that. I've been building some other teams. I built a, tech, a Team Kings team, which is awesome. Um, Lemon, fantastic team from Punga. Um, I've got their Norse, which I've been comparing nicely with the Games Workshop ones. I've kind of been building them in tandem. Um, I don't like the Yeti. Yeah. You don't like the Yeti? Well, that's not fair. It's not that I don't like it. I think it's... Just compared to the rest of the team, it's fine. Like the rest of the Norse team is just like S tier, and the Yeti yeah. is just just fine. Yeah, I can I can kind of see that. I, um, I like the Yeti. So um, the I prefer the Yeti, I guess. 
I prefer Scrog. Um, but yeah, I, what I do like is their um, old Fuerners look strength four. That's a oh, huge thing. What a blessing. Next, standing next to the Games Workshop ones, it's like, these are old Fuerners. Those the, are. Um, the runners are rookie. so cool, man. Oh, what? The skull? Helps yeah. The, yeah. I think I've got one literally right here. Yeah. I think I'd. Yeah, they're decent. I think I'd rather use them as my berserkers in the team than, than the berserker models with the bear stuff. Oh, the bear stuff is cool. The bear stuff is pretty cool. Mm. It makes them stand out. That's fair. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I've been enjoying it. I've got some Chaos Doors as well to go. I've got kids left to go. And I really wish I got the um, booster to make it a human team. Oh, oh and I wish I got the I do wish I got the But yeah, there, there was a booster team for the kids left to make it a human team because based on the slan roster, that pretty much adds more blitzers and more catches. Um, oh, wow. Those blitzers with the wings are absolutely amazing. They're so cool, aren't they? And that's why I wish I had four of them. I really want to run them as humans because when I got them, I'm just like, I don't want to do this slam. That's the that's a terrible thing to do. Slam like I don't. Were you, no, were, but what are you even chatting about? <laughs> no, I'll run. I'll rather run a slam team. A slam because there's so many good slam options now. Oh, there is. And actually. like, I, like it, it was because yeah, Blood Bowl two did it for some reason, mm. and it was always weird. And I don't really want to be like. It's so, so strange to have a, a bloke in like heavy furs and armor. He has very long legs. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Oh, actually, yeah, so, these guys do not look leapy at all. No, not in the slightest. Like, Except the catchers the, do? The breakdancing guy does, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that some of the boosters get, like, they, they do different... Dude, no. that, that bear, that bear is better than the Yeti. Use the bear as the Yeti. The bear is amazing. He's going to be joining oh. the wear team for sure. Oh, man, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, a really good bear model. Do um, do yeah, that's a cool... Do you know what's funny? I'm looking at this Kickstarter, and... Because we've been blessed with so much of this 3D printing stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, do you know what? You can uh, mirror those blitzers and you're all sorted. And actually, you could upscale them and run them as a really sweet Blackhawk team. Like, that would be absolutely brilliant. You've got six of those big boys and the bear on there. And <laughs> actually, if you want two bears, you can just mirror it and you've got two. You can't mirror it because these are real models, Ben. <laughs> they are real models. Um, but they are very nice models. The casting is excellent. And uh, yeah, that's taken up. I think that's the hobby I've done. I mean, it's been quite a lot of hobby. I've done some. Mate, those those silver wings are just that helmet. The helmeted dude. It's just that's one of the coolest models I have ever seen. Genuinely, yeah, they're so cool. I haven't built them yet. I'm I'm saving them to last. It's kind of like when you have a roast in, you only the roast potatoes at the end. It's like that. So I'm I'm waiting to finish on those because I want to build them and they look they look so sick. I don't need I don't leave the roast potatoes to the end. I leave the best bit at the end. You know? I don't know. I think I think I leave the meat to the end with the Yorkshire. Uh, maybe. No, I tend to have the potatoes last. Mm, that's that's the peak of the roast. No. You know, uh, man, uh, ben, that is some outrageous amount of hobby. And uh, from what we've seen of your Amazon team so far, it looks really good. <laughs> like really, really, really good. Um, how about you, Milton? You've been doing anything creative? Uh, well, not a lot on the miniatures. I, uh, I. I stuck the uh, slant team to uh, to bases, magnetized them, got them all packed away, and um, I built the giant the last time we yeah. were. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. So um, yeah, he's kind of just sat on his back at the moment because I think I'm going to do some green stuff work on him. But for me, mostly it's been tournament prep. Quite a lot of it, 
really i've become a bit oc about it (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah tournament tournament prep for uh, south coast autumn coming up in what was it 71 days 71 days well well prepared but yeah Um, i am so psyched about this event like i just you guys did an outrageously good job uh running south coast summer and I've just, I've, we're just ready. Like, I just, I don't even, I just, I'm just super excited. Like, this is going to be awesome fun. Ben, we need to look and see what's around in Southampton, like, so we can, like, go to dinner or something. Um, yeah, although it's not really Southampton. That's no, the thing. It's, it's like, like it's, it's Hedge End. So it's, like, between Southampton and Fareham. And, like, there is fast food options in Hedge End, but in terms of restaurants, you're out of luck. So, it's got to be a TGI Fridays or something. Uh, Maybe not. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh well, never mind. We'll find it. We'll find something. Yeah. Um, no, real quick. But Milton, you've been doing some absolutely awesome stuff prepping for the tournament. Like, thank you so much. I know you've just kind of gone. I need to fix this for you then. And um, you, yeah, you've absolutely crushed it. It's awesome. I'm super. Yeah, no, it's been good fun. It's been good fun. Well, yeah. Hopefully, it pays off. And like, we have a smooth, awesome tournament. <laughs> And I've actually, I've actually done some hobby. Like I'm trying this new thing where I, I, I focus on well-being to maintain my health. So like I'm actually going and going to club, or I'm going and doing some painting, and I'm going for a walk every day. And um, it is starting to make me feel really good. So um, hobby-wise, I put together the Renegades team for the next Bono Championship and primed it and painted skin. I've gone with a blue orc. Um, okay, but I do need I need your guys' input on this one. So uh, the team is the um, the Sean Bad Serpents um, because the name Sean Bad makes me happy because Sean in German is good and Bad in English is bad. So they're the good bad serpents, and um, and the Fanath Snake Dude. I was like, oh, I could actually use him, but I don't know whether to use the Snake Dude as the Skaven in the team. Or the Dark Elf. For now, I'm using him as the Dark Elf because I feel like with Edge 2 plus the Dark Elf is a little bit more of the kind of the quarterback, kind of the star player of under of, of mm-hmm. Renegades. Oh yeah. Um there's a lot. Yeah. So I, I yeah. feel I feel like using him for the Dark Elf is is gonna be okay. Also, like snakes and rats kind of see them as polar opposites. I think he, he definitely fits the Dark Elf. Oh, good. As long as that. I think there's like a more like sort of hunched, crouched one. That'll be a good scape. Ah, uh, well, it's oh, been yeah. a re- it's been a really fun team to put together because I've just I've 3D printed it from a mix of stuff. So I've got torchlight corn lineman. Uh, I've got brute fun minotaur. I've got our ogre, the bonehead podcast ogre. I've got the Punga Rat Ogre. I printed another one and mirrored it, so it's the opposite way to uh, the Rat Ogre from last time. And I've gone with a Punga Underworld Gutter Runner for the Skaven. Mm-hmm. I went with the Brute Fun High Elf as the Dark Elf, but now I've removed him and replaced him with the Fanath Snake Man. I've got a Torchlight Goblin as the Goblin and a Torchlight Orc as the Orc. So it's just like this absolute mix of, of players. And I'm like, I, it's just brilliant. Like I just, I can't wait to start jamming some games when we start recording the, towards the end of the year. Um, and I'm not going to paint them green and brown and yellow. I'm going bright mood green and 
uh, Emperor's Children, Pink. Ooh. Ooh is, wow. Yeah. So if if you guys saw any of my um, my Chaos Renegades team when I did the BB3 beta, that's the style I'm going with. So it's going to be pink and green stripes. I'm just I'm looking forward to making this as bright and flamboyant as possible. Uh, that's amazing. That's proper chaos. Yeah. That's like old school chaos, isn't it? It is. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's cool. I've been doing that. And then I've printed a bunch of leaf faces for uh, a team that I'm not allowed to show off yet. But I've, I've, I've Ooh. yeah, primed it. In fact, I filmed a product review of it, but the company's like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We can't can't release that one yet, but that's that's pretty cool. There's some some gnarly big dudes in that team, and I'm proper excited about it. So I'm hoping to actually paint it before the team is released, so I can be like, and this is what it looks like when an average painter paints things. Um, so yeah, it's been good. It was good. I spent like an hour doing that, and then I actually went to club. Like I feel like I'm starting to get back into like life. It's awesome. Um. And I played a game of Blood Bowl in the league. And it was a great game. And it was against Sam Frenzy Garner, who is just a, such a good lad. And it was so nice to see everybody at club uh, and get a game in. And it was it was a good game, right? Okay. Black Orcs. I'm running the um, Black Mountain Bucks. Yeah. And it was against Sam Frenzy Garner's team. And... I mean, Milton, new new corn versus black orcs. What would your uh, what would your angle be? Interesting. I I well, I think if the corn can knock the goblins out, then it's probably easily corn's game. But you've got to be careful with the frenzy because you're trapping yourself into a lot of high strength there, and with what it's. I've just completely blanked. What's the skill the Black Orcs start with? Grab. Oh. A grab. Baller. Oh, yeah, okay. The grab's kind of interesting as well because it yeah. kind of means you can manoeuvre the corn pieces out of their sort of like frenzy assists and stuff. Mm. I would actually say that's a pretty good matchup. It was, but Sam went with the non-big guy build. So yeah. the Red Crusaders mm. with a KH um, didn't have the big guy. Uh, so he's got what, two two rerolls and a big lineup of everybody else. So you have two corn gores and, and four seekers, two rerolls and dudes. Um, so going into the match, I was kind of like, oh, I've got the tr- I went with the the troll six two rerolls. I, I went you know full strength, and um, I won the kickoff, and. I chose to receive. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to play out of type here. And uh, I, I was like, right, well, I've got six brawler grab on the line and a troll. Like, he's going to have to deploy some guys. There's a good chance that I can actually, you know, maybe outmuscle the first half. And it, it worked. Like, opened up, uh, injured a dude, um, and just kind of just was able to just farm those blocks against his guys. And Without the big guy, strength four kind of means nothing against another team of strength four. So it was it was a lot of those where because of the way like you can kind of use that grab to reposition, it meant that I, I kind of was able to stop Sam from having very many profitable frenzy blocks 
and he mm-hmm. did an outrageously good job of positioning his guys and it of not well because i kept setting frenzy traps that i was like right i'm going to deploy this way and then if you knock and don't and just get pushes you're going to go into a bad block situation and he saw it basically every single time um so i didn't i didn't manage to frenzy bait him but i did score two touchdowns which is cool i had no major casualties i had a, a one goblin got badly injured so Barflog the Brave got a touchdown, as did Grot Brady. Oh, what's going to Grot Brady get, Ben? Grot Brady got the MVP and I was sat with Ben and Ben, because we only have Ben's in our friend group. Um yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've got to do it, I've got to do it, I've got to do it. Took a random and he got pro. So <laughs> Grot Brady now has pro in the team, and I'm actually quite excited to use it. Um it, not the best skill, but certainly not the worst. Not by a long shot. No. I was really hoping for block or wrestle or sure hands or kick. I was like, yeah, all right, I've got good odds of having a really nice skill. Tackle would be good too. Pro is probably what I would say was sixth pick. Um, and you know what? That's top half. So even, really, yeah, even sneaky gets not terrible, is it? Uh, dirty player. Dirty player would have been Oh, is that the good. general one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dirty player would have been good. Um, shadowing is terrible, as we saw in the Bowling Championship yep. for Trumpets. Um, I think shadowing exists just to make a random roll. Um, risky. Not, yeah. yeah. I think a few skills are like that. Yeah. Frenzy would have been hilarious. I would have been very up for that because then I could have just focused on <laughs> getting the Black Orcs guard and just having Grob Brady just like four die block people because that would have been <laughs> amazing. Uh, true muscle of the team. Yeah. So I, I think I'm just going to continue the strategy of giving the goblins random generals as soon as I can. Um, uh, all play makes randoms to stupid them. It really is. Um, yeah. I went, well, when I actually did this correct this time. I bought four dedicated fans, so I started with five DF, which meant I farmed 70k after off the first match. Um, and because I had DF, I actually had petty cash, so I was able to buy a keg, which came in handy because both mm. my KO rolls after the first half were threes. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that makes a difference. Yeah, hugely. So it was an awesome game against Sam and uh, a win for the Black Mountain Bucks. I'm going to throw out my lead. Uh, I'm ninth. You're first. <laughs> so you got four wins and I'm there in ninth place out of 23 teams at the moment. So I've got, oh, a, few, got a few wins to catch up with you. Now, so. yeah. But I really hope I get to play you in the semi somehow. Maybe it'll be like one That'll versus four or something if I can get there. <laughs> That would be the time where I can finally win a game against you because the uh, Bonehead <laughs> Championships are not the place for that. I won't, I won't, maybe I'll even be up. Can I take Hacklin? You can't take Hacklin with Black Orcs, can you? Uh, no. That's stupid. Uh, That's absolutely stupid. I'm doing a Hacklinless uh, league run as well, by the way. So. You, you I'm, I'm get to take Hacklin with him. Skaven. I'm, I'm refusing. I'm refusing. I'm you, earning my wins. You don't need to take him with Skaven. You oh, you don't need to. Okay. I've, I've had loads of inducements, dude. My team keep dying. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I throw my Skaven away. I, I do not. That's why I'm enjoying them. I'm playing them like elves. But every time I play elves, I, I like pay for it. And I'm always just like, right, after game two, I am bankrupt and I can't do anything. Um, but Skaven, you're just like, oh, another game? I'll just buy three more players. <laughs> I really feel like you are, uh, you are accepting, like you are really becoming a real Skaven coach. Yeah, it's quite. I found my team. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. Yeah. You had a game as well, didn't you, Ben? Yeah, I did. I played against uh, Ben Davy, um, his lizard man team, and yeah, it Beautiful was it was game. really 
yeah, his his team is playing so well. Um, yeah, no, it was a it was a really good game actually. Um, I got very lucky in the first half. Um, I did swarm down at the end of his pitch, which you know you do with Skaven. I just sent all, I sent both my cutters down, tried to swarm his uh, chameleon skink before that happened, but he managed to break through. Um, he got the ball to a skink on the sideline. However, my rat ogre, <laughs> unassisted blitz, um, just went straight for him, surfed the poor guy, um, killed him. And uh, well, not uh, I don't think he actually killed him, uh, but injured him. And uh, the ball went straight back the other end, and my gut runner picked it up and scored. <laughs> so it was just like I felt I felt really bad, and kind of. With Skaven, I find particularly, you snowball really fast. Um, it only takes like one gutter to get their defensive touchdown and find it really starts swinging in your favor. So it ended up being, I think, 3-0. But then he managed to score one touchdown. And then on the second, um, it was pretty much a farming SPP. And I said, get another touchdown because I'd rather focus on the block. I'm not going to deny 10k. So um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was ended up being 3-2, which was... Um, Pretty, pretty good. A lot of cash. Yeah, Jankor, the uh, your Rato got a couple of casualties, which is nice. Yeah, leveled him up. He's got Juggernaut now, which is great on a frenzy mm. roger. Yep, like jugs for a roger in in this team in Skaven. Yep, I got another random passing. My third random passing on my thrower. I wanted no, to talk. Fun. I wanted you yeah. to talk about this. Yeah, Swivel Gun Blaster, your thrower. He's modeled with a cannon, and I'm still regretting not saving up for the secondary. No, for the primary and just picking cannon here because it's the one time it really makes sense. Um, however, I went random passing on him because I'm trying to get like I'm trying to build him. I was thinking, well, if he gets accurate, I'll build him to a close range thrower. If he gets like cannon here, I'll get a long range thrower. And then we got Fumblerooski, which I'm yet to use. Um, he got on the ball, which was actually fantastic. On the ball is um, excellent. Yeah, that was really good. Now he has Cloudburster. So now I really do want him to have Cannoneer because Cloudburst is only really useful, I think, if you have Cannoneer. I did uh, make a long pass in that game, which is still only a four plus. Oh but, yeah, um, I I thought yeah. you had Cannoneer when I saw it. Um, now you've brought to my attention that it's Cloudburster. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So those lot of long bombs I'm doing can't be intercepted as easily. It's so right. you only need six SPP for him to be able to actually choose a skill now. So just. Mm. No, because it's reset, right? No. Isn't it choosing a skill now like eight? Oh, oh it's eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Two touchdowns with him. Oh, oh no, 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 no. You're right. It's eight skill for another random. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You need to score. Yeah, you need to get 14 SPP to choose. Oh, man. <laughs> that is brutal. Uh, so, how many SPP has he actually used already? 15. Yeah. Uh, three, yeah, he's level four. Seven, 12. Maybe wow, that's just. Hey, I'm running out of passing skills to get, so I'll eventually get a good one. Ah oh, man, that is that is so good. That is so good. <laughs> no, it's cool to see these teams coming together. And Torpe is a really cool place to uh, to see it. Right, guys. Milton, have you got any games to talk about? No, sadly, I've not managed to achieve playing anything. We need to get some. Uh, we need to get some fumble on the go. I think. Yeah, we were discussing that, weren't we? Yeah, I'm definitely I, looking into that. I really do want to get some Fumble games on the go, um, uh, mostly so I can film Fumble Friday because I think that'll be funny. Anyway, <laughs> they'll take a quick break and um, actually talk about our topics. 
Okay, we're back. Sorry, it's been a very chatty podcast today. We've ended up just having a chat in between segments about 3D printer quality and stuff like this. Anyway, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about our next tournament in detail. We're going to look at the rules back, look at the when, and, and you know, like we said, I think half the tickets have gone now. We've got over two months to go, but we just we really want to fill it out because we've got sweet loot we've taken on board what you guys said about the last tournament we've got dice already here from moko with custom logos and they are probably the tastiest looking dice i've ever seen <laughs> they do look like strawberry yeah. candy they they yeah. look like candy it's it's a bit of a worry um but this is going to be I, i'm really excited because it's it's in southampton <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is like i don't know this is this is this is a lot closer to uh home well, turf. yeah to all of us um, home stadium yeah it is yeah it feels like that yeah this is a home game for us essentially um so i guess that's a good place to start this is part of the south coast series and the south coast series is a bunch of tournament events that are being run by entoyment um, I'm now going to say around the country, no, probably along the south coast is a better way of saying it. So Beachhead is like the first one, which is at the BIC. Then there's uh, South Coast Summer, which is at the BIC in July. And then we've got South Coast Autumn, which is at the Rose Bowl. Is it the Rose Bowl? The GS Bowl. The GS Bowl. It used to be the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Uh, in Southampton. So this is, <laughs> this is a Wargaming event at a sports venue this is a blood bowl event at a yeah. sports venue and i'm like this is it's blood bowls coming home like it's just that's just how it feels um so so yeah we've got a great venue for this one and um we are running it out and we're gonna go for the standard kind of two days but not really two day format so i mean ben talk us through the way we're doing our, our tournament structure when it comes to the days oh. and stuff yeah, we're going to be doing uh, 11s on the Saturday. Um, so three games of 11s um, from, I think, 9 till 5 is usually what we go, 9.30 till 5-ish. Um, and then on the Sunday, we're going to be doing 7s. And so there will be an overall winner for 11s, an overall winner for 7s, and then there will be an overall winner for the two days combined. So if you do do two days, there is another chance to take the win. Yeah. Um, yeah, we. That's, that's basically it. Sevens will be a bit shorter. Are we doing four games of sevens? Yeah, four games of sevens. Yeah, four games of sevens. So the whole idea of this is that we, we as players, don't get an opportunity to go like this. It's harder to organise yourself to be able to go away for a two day. Like it's a ton of fun, but sometimes with just real life, it can be really challenging. So for me, it's always been challenging to get away for tournament for tournament weekends, just because of historically my work schedule and now my wife's work schedule like um this case of she works now every other weekend so it's kind of every other weekend i am free as a bird but on the other weekend i don't want to give up time with tiff not unless you know something really special is going on like <laughs> i think this tournament <laughs> um <laughs> which means if there's a tournament on either side of it i can go to it um but you know and actually if you've got kids if you've got families and stuff like that being able to just Come to the Saturday or the Sunday, whichever works for you. If you're only interested in sevens, you can come to the Sunday. If you're only interested in elevens, you can come to just the Saturday. But if you want to do a two-dayer with a bunch of friends, you can come down to both. Do the Saturday and then go into the Sundays. You know, it's I feel like it's a really good hybrid approach. And you know, 
our goal here at the podcast is just to make Blood Bowl as accessible as possible. Like yeah. that's why, generally speaking, we keep the podcast family friendly, so that you can listen to it in the car with your kids. Um, you know, so that there is that boundary of just this is a great game with great players, and actually we want to make it as accessible to as many people as we can. And I think Milton pointed that out earlier in the hobby section, didn't you? When <laughs> the two-hour-long hobby section, Milton, about us just wanting more people to play Blood Bowl. Yeah, definitely. It's all about the community. And it is a heck of a community. So, South Coast Series, Autumn, October, which I'm really looking forward to because it might not be 30 degrees. That would be good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. Imagine that. Imagine it not being moist uh, would be would be nice. So, <laughs> When's yeah. the World Cup? Next year. Yeah, but when? What month? September. Uh, okay, it won't be too bad. In then. fact, uh, it's Alicante. Go, it's going to be pretty hot. Regardless. If we go to the end of this rulebook, uh, where's the end button on this keyboard? No, it doesn't work. That's aggravating. Uh, you know what? I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping ahead. We won't. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the event, talk through the format, talk through some kind of ideas on brews, on lists and things, uh, because this is a really cool way to start thinking about the meta. And that's kind of, I'm going to circle around to the better on this one. So um, South Coast Saturday will be 9.30 registration, 10 o'clock first match, 12.15 till three uh, till 1300, 45-minute lunch break. Then uh, you've got uh, two and a quarter hours for match two. Then half three is match three, and then six o'clock is awards. So we've taken the beachhead timings. We've added an extra at least 15 minutes in between the rounds to make sure that there's easier way for you to go and go to the toilet, go get a beer, go get some some grub or whatever. And that's even if your match takes the entire time, right? We want to make sure that you as players have got that ability to just, okay, you know what? I've got 10 minutes. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go grab a bite to eat. I'm going to go talk about the round because the worst thing sometimes is when you go straight from one round and what you really want to do is spend seven to 12 minutes just complaining with your friends, right? About the game. <laughs> how unfair your dice rolling yeah. has been it's yeah. just it's just such a thing like it was so good being back at club on tuesday and after my game all i wanted to do is talk to you guys about the game like this is it, i think that's a really underrated part of the tournament yeah definitely Always good fun and it comes back around to this community thing doesn't it like everyone's there and everyone's passionate about the game we all know how fickle it can be as well so when you've had either like a fantastic run or a really like unjust <laughs> one that's when you're most passionate about it exactly and us as tos gives us a little bit more time to make sure everything goes smoothly but also something that i absolutely really loved doing at beachhead was catching people as they finished their rounds like, oh, yeah, handed him a score sheet. Oh, you know, how'd you get on? Like, how was the game? And actually, you get a little bit, you get a couple of minutes to spend actually talking to people, um, which is just sweet. So that is the schedule on the Saturday. So three 11s games or and or Sunday, four sevens games. Now, 10 o'clock registration. So a little bit later start, 10.30 match one, 11.30 match two, 12.30 lunch, 1.30 match Two again, apparently, but that will probably be match three. Um, 2.30, match four, and then 3.30 awards. So sevens is my absolute favorite way to play Blood Bowl. But, I mean, Milton, it's a much more chilled vibe, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, Games are smaller. doesn't take as much out of you. Although, like, that, that four match kind of, like, does bring it to the same degree of, like, tournament sort of like you play the same amount of turns yeah yeah 
um but it is way more relaxed you've got like there's there's less there's less going there's as much blood bowl in it but there's less to sort of like um spread your attention it's very concentrated blood bowl isn't it yeah. it's like on the saturday it's three points or on the sunday it's four shots you're gonna end yeah. up just as unwell um, yeah. <laughs> um so the saturday and the sunday we're going to start first round is going to be randomly paired and then it's going to be swiss the whole way through um and for both events there's going to be overall champion for the day as stunted champion tier three teams only and that's actual tier three teams um, best team award, um, the best mascot award, but we'll come back to that in a minute. The participation trophy for last place, most touchdowns, most casualties, and dirty player award. Uh, and standard things apply, like what to bring. Bring your team that's clearly marked and identifiable. Doesn't need to be painted. Looks better if it is, but don't worry too much. As long as your models are like numbered or people can clearly see what's what, you're good to go. Uh, two copies of your roster, if you can. If you need us to provide a roster, then do let us know. Like we're on standby to do that because quite frankly, these days more people have got 3D printers than printer printers. So, which I think is quite funny. Ben, have you got a printer? Uh, yeah, it's not plugged in though. There you go. Does it have ink? No, God, no. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, more resin printers in this group than actual um, Epsons. Um, and your dice and pitches, please, as well. We've got 20 spare pitches, but if you can bring one, it would be much, much better. Uh, we might have to do something for sevens pitches, but I've got a cunning plan for that. We've got time. All right, it's fine. Um, anything on that that we want to go into detail for, or should we skip to the mascot rules? Uh, let's talk about mascots. All right. So this one is legitimately entirely sponsored by Milton <clears throat> because of your horse head dude. Um, yeah, so I can't take entire credit for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You kind of raised mascots as being a great thing. And, I mean, tell us what you did and why you did it. Yeah, so um, here on the Isle of Wight, the Isle of Wight Blood Bowl League, uh, the guy that runs it, Nick, um, allows you to take a mascot inducement uh, for free. Well, it's not it's not for free. It obviously counts your team value, but you can, you can take it as part of the, the rule set for the league. And so um, I didn't realize this. And like I played my first game and my opponent had a mascot and it played enormously in his favor. So I'm running chaos in that league. And I was like, right, I'm, I, what am I going to do for a mascot? I need to get this reroll in because this reroll is great. So I'm looking through my bits box and I've got a human thrower. And I've got a few chaos night bits, <laughs> and so what I've done is I've lopped the head off the human thrower and stuck a horse head on it, like he's wearing a, you know how you get those mascots with the heads on. <laughs> I've given yeah. him a tentacle arm out of a green stuff roller, and he's carrying a flag. He's he's pretty cool. He is finish him up. He's uh, he's he's on par with uh, my uh, space Brother marine. Zoo. <laughs> brother zook who is also as ridiculous but so much fun and so, i think that's like a massive part of the hobby isn't it so it was so so good to see like the effort that you put into it and it's just such a cool bit that that tied with the fact that this event is actually happening in a sports like stadium it, it really seemed like okay we've got an opportunity here so the tournament special rule and this is for both days so sevens and elevens and as this event is taking place in a famous sports venue, we thought we'd get into the spirit of this. So, inducement, South Coast mascot. Each team 
may have a South Coast mascot at no cost. South Coast mascots must be represented by a painted mascot miniature. Uh, once per game, you may use the South Coast mascot to provide your team with an extra reroll. This effect is immediate and can be done at any point. The normal rules for team rerolls apply. Uh, so basically, you get one reroll to use across the whole game. Okay. So either first half, second half, it's Borak rules at this point. Okay. I kind of wanted to write that, but I didn't know if people would understand. Now, tied into that, we're going to have a best mascot award for each day. So on each day, the tournament organizers, which will be us, uh, will select a best mascot winner. So make them look cool. And we're going to basically have a look at the teams on the day. It's going to be, you know, it's not like, I just think it's a great opportunity for people to be creative. And we as a collective TO band are going to choose the winner. Now, it's not the same as the best team award. So best team award will work like it always does. But this is something extra that it just, you get a reroll across the entire game. So half a reroll, basically. And there's going to be a little prize there if you do something really, really, really sweet. Now, I think this is a great little add-on, a great little tournament gimmick that kind of you can grab a player from another one of your teams if you want to. Like, there you go. My mascot's my wood elf. There you go. I'm, I'm covered. Yes, you are covered. Or you could do what Milton did and just break two models um, <laughs> and create something <laughs> unique and special. Um so from a hobby point of view, it's a really cool angle, right? But from a from a roster building point of view, I like this little tweak because it opens up a few opportunities because it gives you half a reroll, right? Yeah, 100%. It's huge. It makes um, leader less of a must be. That's for sure. I'd consider Vice about taking leader as the uh, extra reroll um, if I, uh, you know, had a mascot. <clears throat> or... You could maybe come up with a roster with both. You could, indeed. So, <laughs> Heavens. Take, it, take it away, Milton. Yeah, no, so um, I, I was kind of, I've had this brewing in the back of my head for a little while because uh, I think we were talking about Giants and I saw some amazing Giant teams at um, South Coast Summer and that really inspired me to get on the, on the Giant. And I was looking about how I could incorporate Giants into my favourite team, the Orcs. So I've, uh, I was brewing, brewing up a roster, and I've, uh, I've come up with a three goblin, four blitzer, five lineman, mercenary giant, one reroll build. The thing about them is they're T2 now, so I've yes, got a double, so I can take leader on one of the blitzers, and if I bring a mascot, that brings me up to three rerolls, right? So... That's a three. That's a twelve-player. Oh, two and a half, but yeah. Well, yeah, two and a half. So it's a twelve-player team with a giant and two and a half rerolls, with is... another five skills to spare. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So uh, let's have a quick look at the build rules for this event before we go and look at the scoring and stuff like that. Um, Eligible teams. All standard teams are eligible. Teams of Legend are eligible. And the Spike Magazine teams were eligible as well as the Slan roster. Now, Amazons are going to land. And I think the fair thing to do, guys, is what we did with the Norse team, which is allow both for this event, like yep. the old roster and the new roster, um, because there are going to be people who've planned to bring the old roster and I just don't want to... Like, I just seems fair enough, I think. Um, new releases, stuff that comes out will all go in. 
team value 1.1 million now we our tournaments tend to be on the lower end okay there are other events that are 1200 1250 actually we want our tournaments to represent game five or six of a league it's a good way to get three games in with a team to see if you're going to like the team but also i think it's just a nice tight skill set um and star players you can have star players after your 11 standard players etc inducements star players as normal no wizards and no fun no mercenaries with the exception of the giant mercenary uh which could be included for 350k don't forget your south coast mascot as well additional skills here we go this is what milton was talking about so tier one five primaries no doubles no leader farming if you're taking a tier one team tier two four primaries and two secondaries so milton you spent your double on leader on what player uh, i'm just going to take it on a blitzer mostly because like, they tend to have reasonably decent survivability but also because i wanted to put block on all the linemen <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough and tier three teams get five primary and two secondary so um in that kind of rules i feel like tier two are probably the best off um you know tier three getting an extra skill is great fun um and definitely if you you know compared to tier one tier, you know if you want to take goblins or snotlings and like you're getting two doubles that you can just chuck on so that's that's block on both your trolls for a goblin team or you know i don't know what would I put? Doubles. This is it. Snotlings don't really need doubles. They don't really want them. Yeah, they don't really care. Oh, okay. no. No. Because uh, their bombardiers actually just get accurate. Oh, man. Oh, I love Snotlings. Anyway, uh, no player may receive more than one skill. A primary skill may be chosen instead of a secondary. So there you go. You Snotling madman. You can have seven normal skills. Star players can't be given skills. Don't ask. It's just not okay. And then team tiers. Amazon, Chaos Dwarf, Dark Elf, Dwarf, High Elf, Elizabeth, Norse, Undead, Skaven, Underworld, and Wood Elf are tier one as per the FAQ. Uh, tier two, Black Orc, Chaos Chosen, Chaos Renegade, Elven Union, Human, Imperial Ability, Corn, Necromantic, Nurgle, Orc, Old World Alliance, Tomb Kings, Vampire, Slan. And then tier three, are the proper tier three ones, Goblins, Halflings, Ogres, and Snotlings. So Milton has taken a tier two team that he loves and just brewed up something that's completely out of left field. What? How many goblins in that roster? Three. I like it. I love it. So, okay, you've taken an archetype and a giant, and with the mascot has freed up that extra cash to get that reroll. Yep. Uh, yeah. which just it, it, it's i think it's a really good little balancing point so even though your roster is 1100 it, it's kind of 1150 with that extra kind of mascot re-roll in there basically yeah no definitely i'm really curious to see how people use that to their advantage as in kind of in a similar way to the, the thought pattern that i was having where i'm like well actually what i can do is i can pretty much spend all my money on like cool positionals or doing something funny like taking a giant because where i would normally be reliant on rerolls for picking up the ball because that's pretty much all i use it for an orgs like i don't have to worry about those because i've got them in the bag i've got that through leader i've got that and okay there's there's a degree of like reliability obviously my blitzer could go out yeah, turn one, yeah might not work. but armor um, armor 10 plus with block is is <laughs> it's not but, bad you know we saw goblins do excellently yes 
South Coast Summer. We saw some teams that you might not usually expect to do so well. That was partially to do with the meta shift. I think there's a degree of like the package and obviously the players and stuff. But I thought that was really interesting. And we saw some absolutely amazing like compositions of teams. And I think we're going to see that again with this. So that having that mascot freeze up you maybe to like take one reroll less and put that money somewhere else. I, I like this. And I think you see this with our skills packages in our tournaments, because actually it was similar in Dorset Dungeon Ball, right? Where we gave an extra reroll to the Dungeon Ball teams. So we kept the builds a little bit lower because I think the more cash you have, the more access you have to star players for tier two and tier one teams. And I think we don't tend to see star players be dominant in our tournaments because actually hack phlegm with snotlings just kind of makes them competitive right um now goblins with bomber different i like this this is interesting a definite meta shift with goblins on the rise but 1100 it's hard to fit a tier one or a tier two team with a, a with a game winning or game changing star player but what it does do is make that roster more flexible um so from team wise i mean i'm looking at this roster i'm looking at this list and i'm just thinking yeah you I mean you've got giants which you can fit into any of the tier three teams goblins are looking really good right now and having seven skills to be able to take across your team is pretty tasty um high elves are still riding high it's a great time to get amazons out and about before they get changed up a bit i mean bt i i don't know who's actually going to be odd man out this time for the to team but um <laughs> i think it's probably come back round to me um I'm happy to do it, but, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to deprive Milton of his 12 Orc Giant roster. So. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, <laughs> you, you definitely go play Old Man out. What would you, what would you play? I'd, I'd, I'd actually be probably taking Amazons, not just because I'm, you know, painting them, but because I really, you know, it'll be nice to get on like the cutting edge of the tournament roster. I know October's a little bit away away, but it'll be fun to see them um, in that, or at least take the old roster and then see how that as with um with some of the newer stuff so yeah i mean old amazons are a bit boring though so i'm hoping they're interesting because i wouldn't want to take old amazons in the tournament i think it's pretty gross um <laughs> but yeah um, I, old amazons by 1100 they can get absolutely everything you want to buy there's no star players i think that really makes an impact without having to give up a chunk of the change um i mean five primaries is not a huge amount where you can't stack them that's Guard mm. times four and then block on a guy. God, I'm, I hate Amazon so much. Um, okay, maybe I shouldn't say. <clears throat> so Too bad just, you've been a wonderful paint job, eh? Yeah. Hey, we don't know what the new roster's going to look like. And I mean, yeah, realistically, I it's better. even if they go on sale, if, they, if we get the flag this Sunday, that's one week. Pre order, that's two weeks. We've got 10 weeks to go. So they're going to land with. I don't know, I don't, maybe six weeks prior to the tournament coming out. So it may be that actually we do see a huge chunk of Amazons. And this is what I wanted to raise the question about. When it comes to our events, actually when it comes to Blood Bowl in general, the meta doesn't, I don't, because we've got that dearth of teams, there never really feels like there's a, a massive bonus to reading the meta. Which I think is amazing in Blood Bowl. Because when it comes to Magic or Warhammer, you kind of go, ooh, ooh, it's looking like Scissors is popular. Time to take Rock. 
Um, mm. And then you've got the people who double think and go, oh, oh, oh. everyone's taking rock because they think scissors is popular. So time to slap them about with paper. Like It's just a thing, right? And you always hear about it in competitive gaming. If you want to win at this event, are you taking dwarfs and are you spamming tackle with a different team to read that meta? In what way do you think the meta... <clears throat> like, if you think about Amazons coming out soon right? and, and the okay. rise of goblins, is this, is, this, is this the point in the cycle where tackle kind of comes back into being amazing? I wouldn't mind seeing that. We never really see dwarves much at tournaments. So it would be interesting to see if, if you're right, if this is the thing that brings them back. And I, I kind of want that because I find Blood Bowl, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but I do find Blood Bowl misses that kind of meta that we have. So or like we have in other games. So yeah, it would be actually really interesting to see. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's hard to say without seeing what the new Amazon roster is going to be like, but and I would like to see you Amazon. So um, if we see a rise in tackle teams, Milton, what teams do you think would be the paper to that rock? Like if, if you were going to a tournament expecting to see a lot of dwarf and tackle, what rosters would you be looking to take? Orcs. Yeah. <laughs> orcs, black orcs, chaos orcs, maybe. Just, yeah. Uh I don't know. It's, 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 it's really interesting. So for South Coast Summer, we saw like a huge slant towards particular seasons. We had loads of goblins, we had loads of orcs, we had loads of black orc teams, and we had some like with zero representation whatsoever. There were no ogres, there was no necromantic. Is that right? Oh, I think you might be right, actually, yeah. Um Yeah, so like that, that was that was that was really strange. And I will say, like we have rosters in already mm. for uh, for our uh, South Coast Autumn, which is amazing. And um, I won't say what they are. I won't say who submitted them or what the teams are. I'm not going to give the game away here. But yeah, like um, I'm already kind of starting to see a, a change in the pattern. And I don't know whether that's because it's the kind of the, the, the sort of the local communities just trying something else or whether or not like, oh, well, everyone's used Bomber now, so we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, and this is the thing I love about Blood Bowl is that, quite frankly, the competitive edge you get from the meta is really minimal because there's so many, there's so much variety that you can be like, I'm going to go tackle heavy, and you just may not get to use it at all. And it's, it's, that's actually something that I really love about this is there are going to be players that are like, cool, I'm going to go to a tournament. What team haven't I used in a tournament? You know what, Black Orcs look fun. The Imperial Nobility look fun. Let's take a challenge. Let's go Vampires. Let's go Tomb Kings. Like, High Elves are winning. Great. Let's print a team and run High Elves or Slan. Or... Mm. And there's so much of that. I'm going to do something different. This is my opportunity to paint a team up for a tournament or do something different for a tournament that I am so elated that the meta isn't a, a visceral thing here. We see trends in popularity and star players or team types based on builds but i don't think probably because of these the pool of players and i think you see it in 40k stuff and uh, magic the gathering right but that's because the meta kind of only exists at the top end whereas in blood bowl the, the player pools even if our tournament's going to be 60 70 80 players over three games 
the top end doesn't filter out to the point where there is a sub meta, which means you can be paired against an absolute madman with orcs and a giant, right? And it's just, it's yeah, just, do that? It's just amazing. Like I absolutely love it because there are going to be, you know, up to uh, there's going to be like eighty teams at this event, and there's only going to be like four or five teams that are duplicated mm. really which is just absolutely like awesome so talking in about the tournament and winning and top ends and stuff like that probably talk about a couple of bits tournament scoring we're going to use our standard scoring system which is 30 points for a win 10 points for a draw zero points for a loss uh, a bonus point per touchdown up to three a bonus point per casualty up to three and a bonus point for perfect defense, uh, which is letting no touchdowns in. So um, that point there is to allow the slower, more defensive teams to actually not conceding a touchdown is the same as scoring a touchdown. So a 1-0 win is going to score you the same amount of points as if you'd scored two touchdowns, basically, and let one in. So it kind of allows that defensive play to be really beneficial. Casualties. I need to change the ruling on this uh, word pack, don't I? Because you guys have come up with a better... Better worded way of saying it. Is that right? I don't know if it's better. I think it's just over-engineered. Yeah, I think I've just become obsessed with it. <laughs> you let anyway. two software engineers have a say. Yeah. <laughs> um, all casualties done by your players to done by your players uh, to oh, their well, now, players. Now you're asking. Basically, casualties you do, but not, not dodging doesn't count. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you foul a dude. Or kill a dude by chucking a player at him, or you know, push him out into the pitch. Yeah. Then, if if they get casualty as a result of something your players did, I got it. All casualties inflicted to the opposing team by your players count. This includes block results, fouls, crowd surfs, being hit by thrown players, and secret weapons. There you go. Beautiful, beautifully done, beautifully done. (laughs) So, um, that's the core bit. There is also going to be a best team award. We do this every single time. There's going to be a slip given out at the beginning of the day. And uh, lunchtime, we're going to ask people to display their teams so that you can go around and pick your uh, your choice for best team on each of the two days. So um, it's just a really fun way of doing it and, and kind of pimping out the hobby. Hopefully, we'll get time to go around and take photos of them. And I'm going to bring the spinny wheel as well. <clears throat> See if we can get some spinny wheel shots. So that's going to be saturday and then on to the sunday four games of sevens which is in every single way the best way to play blood bowl um same score or slightly different scoring 20 points for a win everything else is the same so sevens tends to be a little bit more close but where you've got four games it's kind of it allows it to kind of the pack to work its way out by being a little bit tighter um, because the points are going to be added for both days to determine the overall weekend winners. So it's it's, it's a good way to balance out. Uh, this is a NAF-sanctioned event. They are both NAF-sanctioned. And then it's probably best to talk about the build for Sevens, which is going to be 600k star players. No, 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 no. Blood Bowl Sevens. So you've got the standard bit that players who are not linemen are 0 to 4, which is what you expect. It's all in the death zone, and it's basically how Sevens has been run now for years. Um, inducements, uh, very limited. <clears throat> but again, see the death zone rulebook. Um, and skills, this is the fun bit of Sevens. Tier 1, 2 primary. Tier 2, 2 primary and a secondary. And 
tier three, two primary, and two secondary skills. So uh, primary can be swapped for secondary and no stacking on your players. Team tiers are exactly the same as standard Blood Bowl. Ben, this build, two, two, one, two, two. What are you taking for sevens? You can't say Amazons because you already picked them. <laughs> uh, oh, good. Um, I would. I I really want to try Camry and sevens. And I know you've done this, but did you do this with um mixed? No, uh, we did this in secret sevens where we used oh, Milton's right. almost yeah. Camry team. Yeah, I just want to try it with just four team guardians, sevens team, <laughs> and just like not move. But like, I just think that would be so much fun. So we did the tree man team in sevens, and now I imagine yes. it'll basically be like that, but with a little bit more mobility and some better alignment. That's interesting. What about you, Milton? Um, this is a hard one because I actually feel like in twenty twenty sevens is it's quite different and like picking a team is quite different. Um, especially with the, like the changes in the way we've seen for, although we were discussing this, weren't we about this sort of like passing myth, uh, myth where everything feels bashy, but might not actually be true. I'd love to give high elves a whirl. I'd like to, I'd like to pass. I feel like sevens is very quick and passing could be quite efficient. Strong. Yeah, a um, good pass just wins you the game, and, I think. And I, yeah, I keep looking over the high off roster and I I feel like I've just ignored them. I've just like, they're not a thing. It's because they're in that rotation ambiguity zone, aren't they? Yeah, and there's there's no, yeah, there's no, there's, there's some great miniature ranges out there in order to support them. And I think you made your own, didn't you, out of the Elf Union? Ben did, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, with the um the old um Boardmaster head. Point- the pointy hats. I love the yeah. pointy hats. That that's what it was all about. Um yeah, I think the passing game's gonna be great for sevens. Um I'm suspecting we will see teams with the capability to pass, like Skaven and those elf teams. Definitely up there at the top. It's uh I've, where I'd put my money. I think um I like I've got two kind of options on this one. I think Slan would be great fun to take. Tier two, yeah. two primaries and a secondary actually gives you a ton of flexibility. Their rerolls are cheap and their linemen are excellent. Um, mm. Like they're just brilliant. They're underrated. Their catches are great. You get a Croxigal. So actually, you've got a pretty good lineup there. But are the uh, Slan linemen basically Skaven? No, they're human. They're, they're human. Human linemen with leap and very long legs. Right, okay, I can't remember. No, that that's not true. With pogo stick and very long legs. Pogo stick and very long legs. Yeah, right. so they've got better armor than a Skaven lineman, but their movement six, yeah. edge three, and all of a sudden on a three plus, they can just be two squares away. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's awesome. And actually being able to take three skills is going to be really good because you can put block on the crocs, and then you've got two catchers, again, with, I don't know, dodge or something like that. It's movement seven, edge two plus pieces. It's, it's, it's potent, like it's really good. Um, I, I like Renegade. I'm, I'm in a really Renegades mode at the moment. And mm. I, I think three, three skills for Renegades, right? That's, mm. that's, that's pretty good, actually. That's, yeah. that's stuff. Like the head Scobbo, for sure. That's really good. Two head Scobbo, straight away. Then you've got your choice of big guy, and it is a genuine choice of big guy here. You can run with the, the Roger and give him block. 
mm -hmm. on you with your double and because he's got that automatic skill with animal savagery where you will always get your blitz off as long as there's someone to murder actually you should fill your boots like you don't have to go all three big guys positionals is a bit of a struggle here i think you kind of want goblin dark elf skaven uh, two of those and then two i think goblin ogre rat ogre and then a, a, the dark elf that's probably the ones i'd take yeah that's that's pretty that's a pretty good lineup um but it just gives you that that ability to just smash things. But hey, you we've all seen what a straight up half thing roster can do in sevens. Mm -hmm. Like they did very well in seven super series, and the way they play not changed at all. So that's that's just you know them with four skills. That's two secondaries. That's two trees with um. So you kind of want to give them block, but I think they were only good when they got break tackle as well. In the old one, but I don't think that works as good anymore, does it? No, it doesn't. Not what it used to be. Oh, mate, no. break, break tackle trees were the, were the, were the shizzles is in the plus, of old. It's just plus two now, isn't it? Yeah, so what they add so, five uh, is three plus. Yeah. Mm. It's just turn them, get a skill to make them dodge like a, a normal yeah. dude. It's just such a good thing to be like, okay, now I'm going to take my edge six tree and walk into your cage and smush stuff. I know, it's pretty cool. OWA might be fun as well. <clears throat> oh yeah i'm still recoiling from my experience versus them in sandbowl really i think yeah uh well um rob took well obviously you can't take stars in this but and this was 11s but rob took zug deep root and a tree in the sandbowl build <laughs> and it was just it was just so difficult <laughs> but it, what it what it did was it made me realize that OWA are considerably more versatile than I ever gave them credit for, and it's definitely brought them up in my esteem. Well, so, yeah, I'll I tell can you see... what, I don't want to spoil anybody who hasn't seen the monthly meta yet, but last two periods, they've been in the top five. Yeah. Wow. They, I think they dropped a spot this month down to four. Wow. OWA, I think people are figuring them out. And I think that tier two buff, where they've gone down from tier one to tier two, is getting access to a little bit more gold for an extra reroll, or a little bit more skill for just that extra extra boost. And they're becoming a they're becoming a good challenge team, you know. Yeah. Like that's very really interesting. Yeah, yeah. We should probably we probably should do a power rankings again at some point on the show because yeah. um, it's it's been really fun tracking. Like the last few months of Blood Bowl, competitive Blood Bowl. Slander in the top 10, so yeah. I don't care about <laughs> anything else. That's just, that's everything to me. Goblins are coming up the league. It's brilliant. It's great to see. Okay, so we talked through the days. We talked through the builds. Um, you do get your mascot for sevens as well, so that's going to help a little bit. It's one extra reroll across the entire game, which means you're going to use it in turn one. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that's fine. It's sevens. If you lose the game in 35 minutes... You go grab a cup of tea because you'll be playing another one shortly after. And then the last page of the rulebook has got our 2023 roster of tournaments. And there's a couple of them which are TBC at the moment, but this is where we're looking to host tournaments and one we're planning on going to. So Beachhead will be Saturday 11s, Sunday 7s, like this format, in February at the BIC. Then in May, we're going to have Dorset Dungeon Bowl at Entoyment. Then South Coast Summer, we'll probably do Saturday, Sunday, 11, 7s again, again at the BIC. 
then in September, some of us are planning on being in Alicante, Spain for the World Cup. I'm going. Ben's going. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going. My wife's going. Alison coming? I don't think so. What? We, yeah, well, I'm st- work in progress. All right, I need to, get, need to get Tiff to... to Tiff to needs to help with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe me. I think Tiff will help with that. Okay, um, good. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Milton, I don't think you're coming, are you? Because of that... Um, well, tentative. I don't know. We do have like quite a big holiday in May, so... It's only three much days. earlier in the year. Yeah, I might... You're in Europe anyway. So it's not far for you. No. Yeah, just a swim, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you were at the seaside the other day. Day trip in the yacht. Just pop across to Alicante. Um, yeah. No, I, uh, it's, it's very tempting. It is very tempting. Well, it's going to be it's going to be a riotous party. Uh, and then October, we're planning on doing South Coast Winter again. Same format as this. And then November, we'll have Bono Ball. So we've got eight tournaments that we're planning on hosting next year. We've got three left this year. Um, and I don't know, I think it's really Blood Bowl, it feels genuinely back. Now, mm-hmm. we've we've had a really good chatty podcast, so we've overrun a bit. So we're going to leave our tournament gimmick thing for, for another episode. Um, and actually, it means we can do a bit a better job prepping for it. Uh, and sort of like, here's some example tournaments, here's some differences, here's what we like, here's what we think could be better. Um, here's what we think is baffling, uh, which I'll, I think would be a pretty good one as well. Um, so I guess guys we should probably wrap up now is there anything you wanted to mention when it comes to south coast autumn or do you think we're done yeah i mean if you're interested in coming go to the uh the website and um everyone that has already bought a ticket i'm very excited to see you there it's going to be awesome and the event info is also in the discord so if you do join the discord now we've got that as an event uh, in there with a link to all the important documents good job guys um I we can't guarantee it about streaming the games live, but this week we did a first trial of stuff. I I mean Ben, we've we've streamed seven we've streamed seven games live yep. already, no problem at all. Elevens uh, is slightly different. I'm really happy with the camera layout that we set up on Tuesday. I just screwed up the recording element of it. What I tried to do didn't work, so we only got one factor. But actually, I am confident that by October, we'll have the technological oh, yeah. capacity to do it. Uh, whether or not we want to do it on the day or not, I don't know. Um, I don't want to commit to it, but I, I am, we are gunning for this because I was benched in Italy. Uh, I mean, that's probably not fair to say I was benched. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all I wanted to do, other than spend my honeymoon with my wife, having a lovely holiday was all you wanted <laughs> well, I, was, I was by the pool right i was by the pool and i took a series of choose your own adventure books which was amazing so you know we're at this poolside resort and there's like everyone's in their 60s and 70s and having a lovely holiday all there's like young families like playing catch in the pool tiff's reading very elegant women books and i'm just there like warlock of firetop mountain like going, oh, I died again. Like just being a proper adult <laughs> by the pool. Um, but really what I wanted to do was just have the YouTube feed up and be like, oh, the next round's being announced. Who's playing who? Or, oh, what's the top score? Or like, oh, I want to check in on the live coverage because I think we're at that point now where it's just, why not? Like, it's so much fun. And if you mm. can't come to the tournament, it would be wicked for you to be able to jump onto the live stream, comment, abuse, cheer, just absolutely be involved even if you can't be there 
this is kind of this is a, this is one of the things we wanted to do for the pod like this is one of the things we wanted to this is one of the directions that we really wanted to go and quite frankly i think we're 70 days away from making it happen and then and what and then bonehead bowl and then all of those events we've just shown off for next year and just yeah a new age for blood bowl oh i love it i'm so excited um but anyway we've talked for hours and haven't even covered most of the topics so i will say ben thank you very much milton thank you very much for jumping on with us appreciate having you buddy yeah good to be here (sighs) right let's wrap up guys thank you very much and thank you all very much for for joining us um description link show notes discord thank you store support local friendly gaming stores and happy blocking We'll see you soon. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or... You can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking.